everybody, and welcome to the Words Over Whiskey podcast, episode 32. Sorry that we missed last month, but we've been quite busy. So we're and it's back. a small month as well. Yeah, it's only 28 days. Yeah. So back here at the start of March, recording a new episode. So our first episode of the year was our wrap-up episode, and this is our first sort of full... First proper episode of the year. Yeah. So uh, as we said, we are going to be doing some cool and interesting new stuff this year. So I've got quite a little fun whiskey lineup for us Ooh, to be trying today. Awesome, awesome. So one of our goals that we said we were going to do on the podcast was to try new um, different whiskies and not because last year was very scotch heavy very granted scotch heavy. love not that that's a problem no love scotch uh, most of my own most of my friends are scotch yeah. <laughs> <laughs> most of my friends are glasses of scotch <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say that for no, a second I don't mo- know most of my own own <laughs> collection is made up of scotch whiskey because I enjoy it but um, so yes we've got an interesting range of some international whiskies here so to kick us off I have a Swedish whiskey. Swedish whiskey. Macmira Brooks whiskey, which I've never tried before. Of, of the whiskies I've got lined up, I've tried two of them, and then there's another, there's this one and one other I've never tried. And you've never tried any of these. No, I won't try any of these. So this will be, this will be quite fun to try. So let's crack I've it. definitely heard of this one. I've recognised the name. Yeah. I do recognise the name. Here I am holding my whiskey glass, anxiously awaiting. It's quite nice. I just got a few miniatures because I thought instead of buying... Instead four, of buying a really expensive big bottle and then we only drink that. Yeah, I thought we'd get a few miniatures. Are you inspired by those miniatures I got for our wrap-up episode? I, I'd already planned these before we uh, actually got these. Um, so it's I'd, great minds think alike is what we're going yes. with. So I'd had a... I was thinking about what different whiskies we could do this year and I was in shop and I saw... A couple, uh, saw a couple of these. I was like, "Oh, I know that's Swedish, and that one's Indian." And Indian, yes, got an Indian whiskey for us to try later, as well Fair as a, Thai, a couple of Taiwanese whiskies. So Ooh, yes, so we're going to those. We're going very, we're going very international, very different. It's really spreading my wings here. Yeah, because that, yeah, like I said, that was one of one of the things I think we said we would aim to do this year was try a few more whiskies from places we haven't tried them before. Um, so yes I've certainly never tried whiskey from Taiwan no so here's first time trying Swedish whiskey cheers Tom cheers that's strong it's not that the the smell there sorry the smell I I, I mean it's got a strong strong smell quite nice and florally yeah I was going to say a bit buttery some fruit I'm getting some fruit fruit in there yeah here we go um Character is fruity with spicy notes of butterscotch, caramel, licorice, and citrus. So yeah, we got f- fruit. That's kind of right with buttery. Butter, yeah, buttery butterscotch. You know what you were saying last episode about how when I, when we tell you what it contains, you start to think you can taste it. Yeah, well, I'm starting to think I smell the citrus now. I wasn't getting that a second ago. Yeah, it's uh, it's that power of suggestion, isn't it? Yeah. But, uh, well. We should. This would be a really good experiment. Maybe to do another podcast episode in the future. Get a load of whiskies and swap the tasting notes and see if if we can guess which if if this if the tasting note that you've provided someone matches with the whiskey match it. I mean, yeah, matches with it if it's the correct or not. Uh, that'd be good. I have to say, that's a, a really little, good experiment. Set up a little experiment. That'd be that'd be quite fun. All right, let's give it a try. Not quite as much flavour as I was expecting. 
Yeah, very sort of um, subtle, light, light, yeah, light. Um, a yeah, nice bit of sort of fruitiness. Yeah, get get quite a bit of fruit, a bit of floraliness almost. I think not so much the butterscotch or caramel. No, I don't get much sweetness. Nice. That's. I think that'd be quite a nice, very approachable whiskey. Yeah. It's not overly harsh. I think it's only like 41, 41.4% ABV. That's um, not too much. That's yeah, not too, not too high. Nice, nice nose. Very approachable. I think that would be quite a nice, easy sipper. Yeah, I think that could go quite nicely in a highball or something as well. Mix it, put it. I could definitely see now. myself drinking way too much of this by accident. Yeah, it's it's kind of like um, I find like with Nuknean, they're quite a sort of light, easily yeah. approachable whiskey. It's not they're not like super sherry heavy or peaty or anything. That their their whiskey is like this would be I think quite a good like introductory whiskey. Yeah, it's quite light and easy. Yeah, that's nice. Quite nice and fruity. Well, Tom, another thing we said we were going to do differently this year is that you were going to be providing us with a bit of whiskey, whiskey trivia. trivia. And I need to keep a record so I can quiz you mm-hmm. next January. So, I must admit, the odds are against me here. You're, you've got a much better, um, you've got more of a foot in the industry than I do. So finding a, a whiskey fact that you don't know is much harder than you find one for me because you can just do a quick Google search and whatever comes up is probably guaranteed I don't know. But I have to dig a little deeper. But I think... He's done his research. <laughs> He's got the books out and everything. Yep, that's just like... Well, yes. <laughs> anyway, I think I found a really interesting, interesting bit of whiskey trivia which I really hope you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, did you know that in 2007, scientists who you may not be surprised to learn are Scottish, managed to power a car using a biofuel derived from whiskey residue. Hmm. Specifically, the fuel is made from kernels of barley called draft and popped ale. Do you know what popped ale is? Don't think I do, actually, no. It's a yeasty liquid left over from fermentation. So it's kind of like the waste products from the whiskey. Dis- I imagine it's very similar. Have you heard of cars being powered by chip fat? Yes. I imagine it's similar to that, but like whiskey byproducts are used to power the car. And the reporter who looked into this for the BBC, uh, she was able to drive one of these cars, and she said she couldn't actually tell the difference from the way the car handled between it and a petrol or diesel car. Hmm. That was interesting. What uh, Did it say what car it was? Um I, I've got the article here, which I'll send you later. I didn't read that far into it. I was just like, <laughs> finally, a whiskey fast that Henry won't know. Um, but I did read that um, almost 750,000 tonnes of draft and 2 billion litres of pot ale are produced by the malt whiskey industry in Scotland alone every year. So if this idea takes off, and I mean, this is back in 2017, so it probably didn't. But if it did take off, that would be a lot more efficient than yeah. using fossil fuels. That was only five, fossil six fuels. years ago, and as we know, the something like that it does take takes, a while. takes a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so maybe we'll be driving whiskey cars. We're driving future. whiskey cars, and then you'll be watching on in horror as all these whiskeys you love 
I'll only be reduced to power cars. I'm, I'm just imagining you driving. It's like it's, it's like a barrel cut in half with a steering wheel <laughs> yeah. in front and wheels on the bottom. The wheels um, are barrel shaped or something. Yeah. And I'm just. And they're just barrels. They're just barrels. The vehicle's barrels on barrels that are rolling. Yeah, I'm just imagining you just driving past with a little whiskey barrel or something. With my sunglasses and like the sunroof down and driving past like sup. <laughs> Yeah. I, I knew that they like draft and stuff the one of the waste products from the whiskey industry I know they often use it as like cattle feed and stuff like that and that's mm-hmm. a way to sort of make sure it doesn't go to waste but I didn't know they'd done anything like creating a um, sort of like biofuel from it which is which is good because I think it's the type of development and science that we're going to need we're going to need to reuse resources and stuff to be more sustainable so absolutely um, yeah I also briefly read, and I can't remember if I read this right, something about the Irish whiskey industry, uh, about what they use to as fuel to burn, to, to, to light a flame at, at some point in the whiskey making process mm. instead of peat. Do you know what it is? No. Sheep manure. <laughs> yeah. I've, um, I don't know if I've read that correctly, so I don't want any Irish whiskey lovers to come batten down my door. But no, I've read I, that I have heard. I think there's a might be like an Icelandic whiskey that's made by burning goat's dung or something. Fucking hell! I mean, do they have no decent oil or something? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Well, you probably wouldn't want to use oil. Why not? I don't think it probably wouldn't taste very nice drying the bar. Oh, and the shit would. I don't know. I mean, it's. <laughs> It's a pro- you're going home and when you go to cook some for heaters or something in your frying pan he's throwing a load of dog shit in there or something because <laughs> I put olive oil I don't know about you I don't know because I, I don't know what the regulations would be with them drying um, uh, whiskey with like oil like oil fire whereas like mm. the peat and dung and stuff that goes back like centuries yeah, to when I they suppose. used to have done it so it kind of fits with regulations that's well, probably why they do it but um, I wonder wonder what distilleries do that in Ireland that'd be well maybe maybe they don't exist anymore maybe, maybe they don't exist maybe I'm completely wrong yeah. I hope they don't exist yeah. but talking of like whiskey stories and stuff so yeah. here's here's one I actually just heard about just the other day mm-hmm. is that apparently um, in the States uh, Jack Daniels are being sued Oh, by residents of a town which is becoming infected by what is, they've called a whiskey fungus. Oh my god! So the ta- I, I'm thinking of a certain TV show now. Yeah, which we'll, <laughs> we will segue, which perfectly we will segue into in, in, in a minute. But apparently, so this town, which is located like near the city, I can't quite remember the name of it, but residents are finding like this black mold on like their cars and in their homes and stuff. Oh my god! Which is apparently being caused by like the um, evaporated vapors from the distillery are uh, causing this mold to occur. Fucking and hell! And so apparently, some, uh, residents of this town are suing Jack Daniels to um, deal with this mold and compensate them for it because it. It poses a potential health hazard, and it's, it's just, just just disgusting. I yeah, and it's pretty pretty grim. It was like a you got the black mold, and if you any story that starts with a small in a town in America is always going to have something wrong with it. Yeah, I, it was it was just um, I only just heard about it the other day, and I think it popped up on my Instagram feed as well. 
And so yeah, I read a, a quick article about it. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And that's um, disgusting. Yeah, it's pretty grim. And uh, yeah, hopefully they are able to sort it. But talking about fungus and stuff, that leads directly into the show you just referenced. The Last of Us. Oh, yeah, because the premise of that is there's a, infec- a fungal infection, which... Takes um, over the minds of people and sends them crazy. Yeah, so I'm kind of worried now that maybe if... Uh, maybe We're so, all going to so, be whiskey zombies. Yeah, it's going to be whiskey zombies. It's a bit late for me, Henry, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, you're just a, you're just a living... No, I'm, a whiskey, I'm a whiskey golem. Whiskey golem, yeah. But, yes, we might be seeing whiskey-infected zombies. Do you can you just distract them by like pouring whiskey on the ground and they just go for that instead of you? Maybe, maybe. Well, uh, uh, I'm I'm not willing to go see if we can see what happens if someone were to ingest this. This is this mold. Yeah, it's, uh, not a not an appealing thought. But yes, The Last of Us. So, for those anyone who doesn't know, The Last of Us, it is a TV adaptation of. Uh, Amazing, an amazing video video game, um, where a fungal infection um, basically turns people into zombies if they get infected. Well, uh, you you want to be careful there. So I read an article um, from one of the actors or actresses, I can't remember which, from the show, and you were not allowed to use phrases like zombies or infected, sorry, zombies or undead on the set of the show. The director would lose flippers blow a casket you get furious um, essentially they are infected they're not dead they are so anyone familiar with the cordyceps virus will know what I'm talking about but there's a fungus in um, jungles of I think it's mostly South America which affects ants and some spiders and it kind of like attacks their brain and forces them to behave in certain ways normally to make conditions better for the fungus but um, this show imagines if that fungus could affect humans. And obviously human brains being a bit more sophisticated than an ant, um, rather than being taken over complete control, they sort of behave in ways similar to zombies by attacking the non-infected around them. Yeah, and it's like I've seen the nature documentary, it's like that ants will like climb up trees to get to a higher position and then the spores will like explode out their head exactly yeah and then go and infect other ants whereas in this case they're yeah the infected like chase down people and try and bite them to pass on the infection and everything so, yeah absolutely um or they do kind of like grow into the wall and release spores yeah, that release way as well spores and um uh so yeah that's sort of the background of the show and it follows... But the thing is, the show itself, it's not really about people surviving the in- infection or the apocalypse in a way. It's more about... That happened. Ca- in fact, it's what? Set 20 years or yeah, something? Set 20 after? years after the initial outbreak. And it's more a show about the characters. Yes, definitely a, a character-driven story. A show about survival. Because the, the main two characters are... Um, a gentleman and a little girl and called Joel and Ellie and the story revolves around um, uh, basically Joel their relationship essentially yeah their relationship and the premise is Joel is trying to get Ellie to a certain location because she's an important person um, along the way their relationship develops and they start to actually give more of a shit about each other yeah it's kind of like a surrogate daughter um, adopted 
father sort of and the fact that Joel was played by the amazing Pedro Pascal is really funny because it's not the first time in uh, in in recent media he's done this yeah where he's uh, he's taking care of a little kid or something but he's obviously in the Mandalorian as the titular however you say it character um, and he does pretty much the same thing here. He finds an orphan. He leads, tries to take them to a certain location, and along the way, develops feelings for them. It's, yeah. it's just one's got laser guns, and the other one's got um, mushroom zombies. Yeah, but it's a fan. Yeah, it, I think there's going to be nine episodes in total, and there's eight out at the moment. I've seen seven. I've seen seven. But I'm trying to do this without delving into spoilers just yeah. yet. But it's got it's got some amazing actors in it like Pedro Pascal this really is his time to shine because I mean yeah. and partic- this is his month because at the moment there's The Last of Us out and Mandalorian season 3 has just started yep. it's, it's really the month March is the month of Pedro Pascal <laughs> it's Pedro month guys it's Pedro month the month of Pedro we're, we're going to re- rename it it's, <laughs> it's uh, not March anymore it's, it's Pedro. Pedro it's January, February, Pedro, April <laughs> <laughs> I like that this, this works yeah, yeah the, the story revolves around them going on this journey through this sort of apocalyptic wasteland and where they encounter infected or other survivors or and bandits and everything like that and it's as you said it's kind of how their relationship develops and changes as they go on this journey and what sort of relationships are those around them there's plenty of time spent in very in, in really emotional ways on the people they meet on their journey as well. Yeah, it's not just purely focused on them. And this is a cool thing about the what the show has done in comparison to the game. So with the game, of course, you you play as Joel. Yeah. Um, and uh, Ellie's a NPC character, and it's you're sort of very focused on those two. Whereas with the show, it's given the um, opportunity to explore. An opportunity, yeah, an opportunity to explore the world and other characters a bit, and even introduce new and original characters. Yeah, which has been really cool. But they've but, also but they've not replaced anybody. They've not changed the story. I've noticed the new characters have introduced have actually filled in holes in the games. Yeah. But there's certain points where I'm like, I'm surprised there was no boss or person behind this in the game. But they are explored or expanded upon in the show. Yeah, they've they've. They've adapted it. They're not copying the game one for one. They're doing. Although it's very close, it's almost very, word for word at the times. Yeah, uh, it's very, very well done. But they have adapted and they've changed in certain aspects. But they work almost better in a way because, like I said, they yeah. expands. It expands the world. It expands the characters by put, implementing these changes. Which I think it's a really good example of an adaptation done well. I think it's one of the best examples. Yeah, I think I think you're right. If they've take, they've just all the good bits from their source material they've included, and rather than replace something something or change something, they've just added bits that enhance enhance it. Any gaps in the story that had to be replaced with gameplay for video game purposes, because it's a video game, um, have been replaced with stuff that expands on the the story as it is. Yeah, and I think it's just. And they've just taken what you expect to see from adaptation. They have done, yeah. and and rather than change to do their own thing, their own thing is done with the additions, and it's just done really well. I mean, they have changed some things, like certain characters are slightly different to how they are in the game, but in a way, it works to make. It's never like oh, we've just done this for the sake of changing. It's almost done for telling a bit of a different story or putting their own spin on it but he's yeah. doing it in a very effective and 
well constructed and delivered way. Yeah. Like with um, uh, one of the characters, they in the game, uh, it, sorry, in the show, they are deaf, whereas in the game they're not. But the way they've um, the clickers in the game are deaf. The, yeah, that the, that's not the character I'm referring to. There's a certain. Oh, character. sorry. Yes, yes. You're, I'm, I'm with you now. I'm with you now. Yeah. So there's a certain character who, in the show, is played by a deaf actor, and he does an amazing job. And it's so it's really well done to see how they implement this. And although it's a change, they've made it really compelling and interesting. And it's a different. I think it adds to the story. Yeah, like it adds, it, that's there. the thing. It, adds it makes to the more sense. And it's a it's a different dynamic, and it adds this interesting take on it by changing what it was like in the game. But it has it has not like detracted from the story or anything. Mm. It's a, a spin. It's different, but it's really cool to see that and it works really well in the context of this show and this world and yeah so that's cool they have done little changes it's not a copy and paste from the show which I think me and you as fans would still probably enjoy but it is also awesome to see aspects of the show where we're like okay that is almost like it was in the video game but then they go and add different things I'm like oh that's really cool that's really interesting how they did that differently and it's compelling and I think this, although it's a show based off a video game, this is a show I think anyone can enjoy. Yes, hundred percent. You don't have to be a gamer or know the story or know the characters. Know anything about it? Know anything about it? I think you can go in, and it's freaking fantastic. Yeah, I think it's probably one of the best shows I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's definitely the best show that I've seen for a very long time. Oh, best show I've seen for a long time, but hundred percent. I think it would. I think it ranks quite highly in yeah. the list of shows. Yeah. Do we want to go into spoilers or... I don't know. We can do. I don't know what else there is to say. Yeah. Because I, think, I, I, I would just say, oh, isn't that bit cool? Isn't that bit cool? Yeah. I think... Um, maybe maybe we'll, we'll, we'll re-examine this once the show's finished. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe ne- next, next podcast next we'll podcast, talk about We'll, we'll go into more. a spoiler. Spoilers. It gives more people a chance to see the show but yeah. I think for now if you haven't seen it go watch it because it's a great show yeah, my only problem and it's not a spoiler is that it's on Sky mm. and way less people than I thought have Sky yeah. I don't have Sky uh, I've, it's also on Now TV oh okay I don't have that either yeah. it's not on the major streaming places yeah though. I think that's in, not, in the States I mean. it's like HBO Sky Now TV um yeah, it's not quite as accessible as some of the other shows, unless, of course, you want to pay for another subscription service. That's what I mean. Which is the problem. There's so many different shows out there. It's like, hey, you need to be subscribed to this and this and this and this. And you're like, oh, that stacks up quite expensive quite quickly mm. per month. But um, I think, yeah, if you get the chance to see it, definitely take that chance. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well... I'm still on my first whiskey. I'm finished. You're finished. Oh, blimey, I've been talking too much, maybe. <laughs> I'll interrupt you more. Mm. <laughs> so what was your? What did you think of that whiskey? Did you enjoy it? I liked it. Don't get, uh, don't get me wrong. I was just expecting a bit more flavour. Mm. I think this is probably one of their more sort of like entry-level ones. I, I yep. have seen other ones from them, which I think, because I haven't tried them, I don't really know what... Like, but I would, I would definitely have this again. Yes, yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It's very, 
yeah, that's the type of thing. If I had a bottle and I had someone around who wasn't really into whiskey, I'd probably pour them that. If I want something to sip and sip at while I'm watching TV or playing a video game, watching The Last of Us or playing The Last of Us, mm. then there would be something good just to sip, but I don't have to be like concentrating on or anything. Going back to The Last of Us for a moment. Yes. I just think watching it, I was like, oh, because there are scenes where it is almost like the video, I feel like I'm back playing the video <laughs> game. Yeah, the sets are perfect. Oh, sets are Absolutely perfect. I highly encourage you to listen to the Companion podcast. Oh. Because it's being hosted by Troy Baker, oh. who is the original voice actor for Joel. Yeah. And is he in the show? I think he might have a cameo or something. Yeah, I've been looking out for him, but I haven't I seen think, him. Um, yeah, cause Ashley Johnson, who played Ellie in the show, and Troy Baker, who played Joel. Yeah, I heard... Before they, the show came out, they're both going to have cameos, but I haven't seen I haven't either seen of them, them. yet. I, I thought Joel um, Troy Baker was a certain character, but I looked him up online. It's not Troll, but it's Tro- Troy Baker, <laughs> Troll Baker, Troy Baker, <laughs> Troy Baker's Troll also ego. Yeah. yeah, so I think they're both going to be in it as well. But yeah, I highly encourage you to watch, uh, listen to the companion podcast because it's Troy Baker's hosting it and he's interviewing. Craig Mason, who is the showrunner and main director. What is a showrunner? I kept he- keep hearing this term show- showrunner. What is that? Is that like a producer or...? I think it's sort of like the big boss of the show, who's like, they're kind of... They pick the producers and the directors for each episode. They, they're the ones who... They sort of got the show running. And they pay for everything, I'm assuming. I, I, well, the studio probably pays for that, but they're probably... But they secure the money. Yeah. They over, oversee the budget. And then it's also got Neil Druckmann as director. One of the creators of it, and originally. He is, he's the main creator from the video game. And so um, he's also involved in the production of the TV show. And I think so, it really shows that he's involved as well, actually. Yeah. But yeah, it's really the really cool thing about the companion podcast is that it's Troy Baker interviewing those two, and you're getting to hear all these like little interesting behind oh. the scenes details and sort of like their takes on different scenes and how it led to this or how did what why did they change this aspect and what it was like working with certain actors and so that's I yeah I you know, I'll send you the first episode because I think you'll really enjoy it. So that was cool. Right, are you ready for the next whiskey? Will it- yeah, I think I think you'll enjoy this. Oh, good, good, good. So, so where's this from? So this is Cavalan. This is their distillery select number one. Um, where's Cavalan based? It's Cavalan are Taiwanese. Oh, the Taiwan, the Taiwan one. Yes, I've actually got two of their whiskies here with me. Lovely stuff. I really quite like their bottles as well. They're quite. That different. is very pretty. Uh, so yeah, I can. I, I, it looks like it belongs on a shelf behind a bar. Yeah. So the interesting thing about Cavalan whiskies is that they don't have age statements on them, okay. like you'd find with like a Scotch whiskey. Yeah, it's because because of the high temperatures in Taiwan, it causes the whiskey to um, age faster. Age faster. And I completely guessed that, but I mean, yeah, I oh, knew well, that. Well done. Um, yeah, so they, it actually speeds up the aging process of whiskey, yeah. so they can't really put on it that it's a say like a five year old whiskey but it will kind of actually taste maybe like a bit older because of like the faster maturation process it doesn't really work like it would do in like Scotland or Ireland or England or anything like that Japan yeah Japan America Um, America yeah Americans don't really aren't huge into the age statement thing Um, 
some 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 of them do. But yeah, so the yeah the hotter hotter temperature causes the whiskey to mature faster, but it also means that they lose more of the whiskey because of angel share, so the natural evaporation. Yeah. So that actually, of course, that means they have to bottle it sooner, otherwise they're going to end up with less and less whiskey as time goes on. Yeah. I heard from someone that apparently during the summer that they can't let the workers um, go up to the top of the um, warehouse because of all the alcohol alcohol fumes. <laughs> they get, like, drunk, and so it can be dangerous. So apparently they can't <laughs> send them to the top of the warehouse. <laughs> I don't know whether that's sort of like a wives' tale or if you know, or if it's true. So you can breathe alcohol and yeah. get drunk just yeah. on breathe. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure whether you want to do it, though. You underestimate. So I, I have actually been quite... I've been fortunate, and I've been able to try this before, and I have really enjoyed... Um, the Cavalan whiskies I've tried, but I thought it would be something new and something interesting for you to try. So let's have a little sniff. Oh, that smells good. That does smell good. So I have a feeling that this is a mix of ex-bourbon and sherry cask. I was going to say, I can definitely smell more flavour. But I'm I'm not... Don't quote me on that. I'm not 100% sure. That's just a guess, but I know. I think, yeah, ex-bourbon, I believe. But yeah, it's really sort of like a bit sort of... Richer, deeper mm-hmm. than um, the MacMira. Not to say it's bad or better, but sort of a more slightly intense. Nah, there we go. Yeah, intense. Intense. Much more intense smell. I mean, I mean, on the nose. But yeah, definitely a lot of vanilla, sort of dried fruit, fruitiness. So maybe a bit of like chocolate or milk chocolate, maybe. Maybe that's yeah. just me. Or maybe you're just putting it in my head now and I can only smell yeah, it because you said yeah. it. <laughs> I love this. I can just say, oh yeah, I'm getting that and just pretend I'm getting it because of our new theory. That smells really nice. Oh, well, let's try it. Cheers. Thank you. That's nice. I, really I do like, like that. So that is, what's the ABV? That's 40%. That's about, it's actually it's actually lower ABV than the McMira, but still really... It does. It, really you can definitely, it definitely tastes like it's aged for longer, mm. if that makes sense. A bit richer, to more intensity of flavour. Yeah, or maybe it might just be because that that first one was very light. Mm. Granted, sometimes it is the the distillate will also have an impact on flavour. Mm. So, the, like the stills and what comes off of the stills will have different characteristics. Um, so, I think cask influence does have a lot of well, does play a lot of influence on the final flavour. But there are other factors that affect the flavour of whiskies. Yeah. yeah, that's really nice. That's very... That's very drinkable. Yeah. <laughs> that, that would be... I can, yeah, I can just imagine be, hit, sit, sitting in a hot climate, happily sipping away at one of these. Oh, yeah, 100%. That's, that's good booking um, beside me. As we tuck into this new whisky, uh, here's, here's something I was pondering, mm-hmm. is that in our previous episode... Yes. It, uh, so we do our yearly wrap-up. Absolutely. Which is where we look back at the whiskies we've tried and the books we've read and shows we've watched and interesting stuff from last year. So I thought, seeing as this is our first full episode of 2023, uh, I, I thought it'd be interesting to look forward and Ooh, okay, okay. see what, so what, have you, what type of thing... This coming year, are you either looking forward to, or what would you like to get out of this next year? What sort of whiskey related? Whiskey, not whiskey related. Just in, in general, what sort of things are gonna 
are you looking forward to this year or what sort of things do you want to accomplish this year just as your friends as so as making conversation yeah yeah what, what am I looking forward to what am I trying to do um so um we'll start with whiskey things first it's a um whiskey podcast mm-hmm. I want to try new whiskeys from new places and maybe expand my palate a bit because I have noticed that when we try whiskeys, you say you say oh, I'm getting this, I'm getting that. I'm saying I'm, I, I just say I'm getting drunk. And, um, <laughs> granted, that is part of my job. Yes, you are. You have, you've had special training and way more experience. So I'm not. Try, I'm not trying to say that. Oh, we're born different. You're born with whiskey tasting skills. I'm, bo- I'm born superior, and I'm born with good looks. But, <laughs> but um, touche. <laughs> But I'm just saying, I, I, I want to try more whiskey and um, just learn to appreciate it a bit more because I feel I don't respect it that much. I just drink it and maybe a little bit too much mm. and, and just enjoy it for what it is rather than coming in from work, stressed and go, oh, I also want to drink. Yeah. I think that's a nice thing that we found in doing this podcast is that we try almost every episode to bring in a different whiskey that yeah. either one of us hasn't tried or neither of us have tried Absolutely. and it's been a really nice thing over the past few years is meeting up every once a month or so being like hey here's this new bottle we haven't tried it here's our thoughts and opinions and we get to share them with the audience and, so and have a really been... fun discussion yeah. as well as we drink it about all sorts of things yeah and I think I think since we began I think you do go into a little bit more Depth yeah. of what you say. Of course, you made the joke. Yes, I, 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 I. What does it smell like? It smells like whiskey. Like, <laughs> yes, thanks, buddy. You, you, you so have, articulate. Yes, but I, I have found that you do try and go in a bit more depth and detail with it. But, oh, that's cool. So yeah, I want to expand that um, with whiskey, and I want to move away from some of the cheaper bottles that I'm more comfortable with, mm. and branch out a bit and try some. Not expensive, but more upmarket ones. Mm. So I remember, I think it was last episode, or the episode before that, right? Where you made a, you commented on a whiskey, saying this would be a staple part of my shirt, my whiskey shelf. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That sounds like you've got a set series of whiskeys you try to always have um, a bottle of. What were those whiskeys? And we compared our shelves, um, and my shelf, the average price was like half the price of yours. I'm not trying to say that you're a post boy. but i'm just saying that maybe your your tastes are more refined and more sophisticated than than mine um so i thought i would expand a bit and try and um build up my taste a bit more rather than just getting another johnny walker kind of sort of explore what would be your whiskey preferences exactly yeah find your favorites and you like find ones you can almost recommend and you'd be like this is this would be like a permanent stay on my shelf or yeah. this is something I really enjoyed or was really interesting kind of explore, exploring the category of whiskey a bit more in depth exactly which I think is yeah which is cool it's like I'm very fortunate in my in my job I get to do that I, I work in the drinks industry I'm very in depth with whiskey just over the last year since I kind of really got my foot in the door of the industry and I've been exposed to so much more than than I was before. Yes, before this, whiskey was just a passion and a hobby and something I enjoyed, like with you and other friends and just trying different whiskeys. And now it's 
I've combined a passion with my work and it's been great. Um, and I've had the chance to try so much more and go more in depth. Um, and you've grown a lot as a person and I think you've, you've really, you've finally found something that you enjoy. Mm. Like the jobs you worked before this, I could tell that they were just jobs for you. Yeah. And no one can blame me for that. Um, but this is... got to pay the bills. You've managed, yes. But you've managed to combine now your passion and your hobby, as you say, with your job. And so now you can pay your bills and you can build yourself a career and you can yeah. actually enjoy it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will envy you for that. Mm. And you've been a lot happier and a lot more confident as well, I'd say, since you've been doing this. And you've been going out there and you've been living, having adventures as well. Yeah, it's been... I've been... I mean, you were telling me before we started our episode all the stuff you've been doing recently. And you've, you've had a way more interesting time the last year or so than yeah. I have. <laughs> Yeah, it has been it has been good fun. Maybe we'll touch I'll touch on some of those stories later because they'll be quite fun to share. But um yeah, another one that we've both said we're going to do this year is we're going to hopefully try and go to like a little whiskey festival or something. Absolutely. Together. And it'd be awesome if we could represent our podcast rather than go in as Henry and Tom, although we could just do that if we more more comfortable. It would be great if we could go as Words Over Whiskey and like introduce our podcast to whiskey people who might want to pay us to um, <laughs> promote their whiskey product. Yeah. Well, even, is that unethical? Is that unethical? Even maybe like start some conversations, maybe see if we can get some... More listeners? More listeners or get some more... Get some interesting people onto the podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely. We could interview somebody. Yeah, which I think could be really cool. But it'd be, it'd be really fun to go with you, to go to like a, a whiskey... Because I've... I've Worked, worked a lot. I've worked at events and stuff, at whiskey events, but I haven't actually properly been to a show as like a pundit and just gone and enjoyed. You've it. not been to an actual whiskey show as a or as an attendee. No, I've I've only ever been and. Oh, we're definitely it. doing it then. We're yeah. definitely doing it. So yeah, so that'd be that's something we're kind of looking into. We haven't decided when or what one we're going to go to, but we've said that oh, it's, some, it's something we'd both like to do this year. Absolutely. And then it'll be quite a fun thing to chat about on the podcast because we can be like, oh, we went to this thing and we got to try this and this and this. And We could we- do a podcast episode afterwards rating the whiskeys we tried there. Depends how much we've drunk. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just on the way back. I meant a day or two at least. Yeah. <laughs> I think we might need to recover. Just, uh, Tom, he's asleep. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a podcast episode the half of us is us snoring or something <laughs> yeah if anything like after we got back from that brandy festival <laughs> yeah no I think um, with the podcast yeah trying trying some like this like we're doing now we're trying a few more interesting and different whiskies mm-hmm. um, I've got some stuff lined up for a few episodes not to say we're not going to be touching any like Scotch or Irish or anything, because we will do. We love those. Love those and bring them back. And I'm sure we'll try some like Welsh or English whiskies as well. We'll try more Japanese whiskies. More Japanese, yeah. A bit pricey, but I'm sure we could. There are still affordable ones out there, and if like we often do, we split the price of a bottle. So yeah, absolutely. Between us, I think we can we can certainly do that. But yeah, yeah, whiskey. Yeah. What about um any other any other things you're looking forward to this year or any goals or challenges you've set well, yourself? Well, I challenged myself to read 60 books last year because I reading has been a big passion of mine um, and I last few years I've sort of fallen off the bandwagon. So last year I challenged myself 60 books and I made it to 57. <laughs> Although I did cheat and allow myself to use novellas and graphic novels towards that count. 
Because, in my opinion, it's a book. Because it's physically a book. Just yeah. it's not a novel. Um, so, this year, I'm trying to beat 60. Maybe 65. Sounds myself a bit more. Yeah. So, but, average of five books, six books a month. Here's a question. Do you find that in trying to reach that target, you're yeah. almost rushing to get there? Do you think you maybe... No. No, no, no. 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 Um, I think it, it's helped me because... My big problem is when I get free time, I'm like, great, I've got time to, to myself. What do I do now? Mm. Whereas now, if I've got that goal, I can be like, oh, I'll read, mm. and then I can I can read. And I naturally read quite fast anyway, and I think it helps because I'm, especially with fantasy, I'm quite genre genre savvy, mm. so I tend to see plot twists coming quite a lot. Yeah. Um, not trying to boast that I'm smarter than anybody. No, it's I'm probably because you're just exposed to it a lot yeah, more. Yeah, kind of... used to the conventions. I've got a rule actually. I might, I could ruin plots for you and for our listeners. Don't... Hey, please don't. <laughs> no, no. What, what I mean is, it's as if you think a plot twist is coming, like a who committed the murder, etc. Mm. Think about who is least likely to be the person you would expect, mm. and mm-hmm. a lot of the time it will be that person. Interesting. The problem with that is you then might overthink plots. And it's been so many times where the plot, I, I've missed a plot twist because I'd be like, oh, it's obviously so-and-so. That's the last person I would expect. And then it turns out someone who I could have expected have, have to be the person behind it all is that person. I'm like, I missed that because I was overthinking the whole damn thing. <laughs> so anyway, um, if I read a book quite fast, I just take the book as it is. Yeah. So I might miss a hidden meaning or motive or um, metaphor a moral, uh, moral story maybe but I also the plot just will actually affect me as intended mm. so no I, I don't find I'm pushing myself to finish books fast mm. that's fair enough I think I can't remember how many I was, think I was like 29 books or so last year which well then you, the, I think the more you the more you work at least what I've found the more you work the harder it is to get home and get into a book yeah it's because I think I said this on the previous episode, actually. I, I, I realised I'd read less than the previous year, but it's also because we were no longer in lockdown and I didn't yeah. have as much free time. I'd gone from part-time work to full-time work. Yeah. So less time to read. Still love reading. Yeah. Still. yeah, yeah. It's one of my main hobbies and still love reading various different genres and subjects and everything. But I, it's just one of those things where I have to commit the time now. Yeah, put put in the time and effort to read. Whereas before, I'm, like, oh, I'm bored. I'll just pick up a book. Whereas now it's like, oh wait, I've got some free time. I, I'm, I'm quite enjoying that book. I'm going to go read like twenty pages, or I'm going to read for like half an hour, or whatever. Or exactly. I'm on my commute. Uh, I, I might listen to a podcast, or I'll listen to a podcast on the first half of the journey, and then I'll read for the second half. But um, yeah, which is why it's really important actually to remember to choose your books carefully, and it's okay to stop reading a book mm. so I know lots of people who are like oh I'm not enjoying this book I'm not enjoying this book and I'm like you're still reading it you're reading it last week if you don't enjoy it why are you still reading it and they're like oh I have to finish a book yeah. no you don't if you're not enjoying it why are you wasting your time doing it yeah. because as you found Henry um, your free time is precious yeah. you don't have a lot of it Right. I think it was like, again, I would be that type of person who was like, I'll finish, I have to finish this book. Whereas yeah. I think last, last year, there, there was that right, uh, right Thompson book, Cost of These Dreams. I even said to you, like, I'm really not enjoying this. And then mm. I gave up. Yeah. yeah I, I don't about blame it. you. You I don't t- owe them anything. No, I talked about it on the podcast. I, I, I didn't enjoy this book. So I ended up giving up. 
and yeah I moved on to something I enjoyed more so I think that's the thing unfortunately I most of the books I read I do enjoy some of them might take a bit longer depending on what I've got going on yeah but often the majority of the time I really enjoy what I read so any other sort of challenges goals targets things you want to achieve things you want to go do well as I told you back in January I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast I don't really have New Year's resolutions mm. or anything like that I just have shit I should really get on with <laughs> I like that <laughs> and just have a list shit I should do some whiteboard in there, over there <laughs> shit to be doing I think I think more people could do with that yeah so people so. should have like a whiteboard like shit you should get done so I think it's just the usual stuff like advance your career get a partner get a car try to keep the flat tidier I suppose yeah sort of there's many sort of like general life things they're always part of everyone's list absolutely I don't normally have like a massive goal to work towards yet anyway yeah do you think there are any sort of goals that you have in mind that you'd want to set yourself like any yeah, like any challenge because I know a few years ago like me and you we did some running together yes we did like this like challenge thing together which I think was great for both of us yeah because it encouraged both of us to get into running and you got like a little medal at the end of it and everything it's a very pretty medal yeah do you think there any, any it doesn't have to be like fitness orientated but yeah any sort of well I think um I think I do need to look into my fitness. I have put on weight the last year, which you've obviously wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> I mean, those chiseled six-pack abs. Really. Well, absolutely. I cut myself on these every morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think having fitness as a goal is admirable because I think you benefit so much. You feel when you're focused on your health and you're working on your fitness and you're eating better and looking after yourself. You, well, that's you, one thing I won't feel compromise. Better. In fact, since we're talking about targets, I want to cook more and like, um, rather than getting takeaways or having cooking simple things, like actually cooking proper meals. Yeah. And if that means having unhealthy things sometimes or just high calorie things, if it's what I want to have, I'm going to have it because I will get depressed if I'm just eating salads or um, chicken rice and vegetables every day for lunch at work. I will just get depressed. <laughs> but I, I, I don't think food has to be boring to be tasty and delicious. No, you, you not can, at all. Not at all. I think you can make highly nutritious but exciting and interesting and tasty meals. Absolutely. And yeah, I think a good idea probably not to be eating as much, many takeaways or processed oh, foods 100%. and stuff. And I think if. That's a, that's a good goal to be cooking more because the more the more you cook the more it'll things be fresher, you can, fresher it'll be and the, the more things you can try out and then if you have people over for like dinner and stuff you have a bigger repertoire of meals you can offer or things you can find where it's like oh this is a dish I really like and I really enjoy cooking it I can share it with other people yeah absolutely so that's a good yeah I need to uh, although I do say if ain't broke don't fix it I make some mean chicken wings yeah your chicken wings are good but yeah that's something I need to do as well personally I, have, I need to branch out a bit more and try I have a few like meals that I'm quite good at cooking and some of them I quite enjoy doing But I what are your to, top meals what, um, what, what is what is on Chef Henry's menu um, make, I think I make quite a nice chilli con carne oh um, love chilli I have a do you f- use chipotle paste 
I do, yes. Mm. A little bit of that in there. Have you made it in a slow cooker before? No, I haven't. I, I highly recommend. Do you have a slow cooker? No. I highly recommend. Um, I usually, then you could I usually it, use like a big crock pot. Oh, I, that's a good take, one. It takes like a couple of hours. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's basically, basically yeah. Slow cooking. Yeah. But um, that's a staple oh. I do. There are a couple of pasta dishes, which are nice, quick and easy. But Spag bowl? Spag bowl, uh, bolognese, lasagna, some a few of the typical ones. Um, there's a nice steak tagliata, which is like um, like a nice piece of steak cooked quite quickly on either side, mm-hmm. thinly sliced with a bit of salad, some parmesan, great job, and you do some nice like potatoes with it. Um, so yeah, I've got a few, I've got a few like good dishes in my repertoire, but again, I need to experiment a bit more, like try dishes I haven't done before and yes. find new things. I've been doing that quite a lot recently, I must admit, and I want to keep yeah. going as well. Yeah, it's, it's something I'd sort of, maybe, uh, I need to like, whenever I have time off at the weekend, be like, okay, maybe not every week, but maybe like every other week, I try and cook a new dish and yeah. find, find new ones I like. But, uh, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, if you work on your fitness and you try a few new interesting recipes along the way. What about you though, Henry? What, is, what, are, what are you looking forward to this year? What are you thinking of doing? So, what I did at the start of this year was, like you, I'm not overly into the New Year's resolutions because I think often people just set one target and then it's like, I'm going to get fit. but It's too vague. It's too And vague. it's too hard to achieve. Yeah. It's like, it's like saying, I'm going to get rich or something. Yeah, it's often very vague. People stick with it. They'll sign up for a gym membership and go for the first few weeks. And Wait, Henry, up. stop. You're going to put so many gym owners out of business if you keep saying this. <laughs> but it, so instead of having just like one sort of vague goal, what I so I have, I have a journal. This was uh, which I got last. Uh, um, I started last year. And I'm not. A I, fitness journal? A whiskey no, journal? No, just, just a, a ge- general journal. Journal journal. General journal. General journal. <laughs> What? Major General Journal. Major General Journal. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm... Because I wanted to start journaling, and it's something I want to get into. And I'm not a huge journaler. I don't write in it very often. Sometimes it's about something interesting that happened, or um, it's not like something I do every day. It's something I maybe do, like, a couple of times a month, or um, so. And it's... It's not always like about me. Sometimes it's like just writing down an interesting quote I heard or mm-hmm. um, something interesting I learned from like a TED talk or something like that. It's a bit sporadic and random. Yeah. It's something I probably need, I want to try and get to doing a bit more. What I did at the start of this year was I wrote in my journal, I just wrote a list of either things I want to do or accomplish in this year. I just made this list of like, various different things that I want to like random things that you wanted to do by the end of the year yeah but specific things specific things that I want to try and have done by the end of the year but I also wrote it as a list in that the way that I don't have to check everything off this yeah if if I do only one thing on this list of things that's an achievement that's an achievement in itself yeah and I'm not holding myself like if you don't do this it's the end of the world you suck you're stupid why didn't you do this it's kind of like you wrote that too no I didn't write that (laughs) but I wrote down this like um, 
like I said, I th- we I had a conversation with you, and I said I oh, I want to get back into running because yeah. pre COVID I was had got quite into running, and I, it was good for my fitness. I was aiming to yeah, do, you were a little beast. I was aiming to do like a half marathon, and then of course COVID came along. My fitness declined quite a bit, and half marathon got cancelled. Um, but one of my things is just get back into running, which I've already started to do, and I'm just, I'm gradually building up my stamina and building up to doing like a five k again. Then I'm going to hopefully continue with it and stay consistent. Yeah. But that's one of the things on my list which I'm already working towards. And there's various other things on there I want to do, like I want to go to a new country this year. So go go to a country I haven't visited. I can I can probably do that quite easily. I've got some holiday to use up I can go somewhere for a weekend absolutely go visit somewhere new um, I'd like to go to Scotland visit more distilleries I've been very fortunate in that I've been able to do that through my work yes Again, you have some, something else you can tick that off probably yeah ticked it off it's it's done there's, there's there's a few things on there like some of them are more challenging or some of them are quite sort of different and out there and it's I think like, like I've told you a few of them but I'm not gonna tell everyone all of them because I think if I think it's often in farming with like goals and stuff, people love to talk about their goals. Yeah. And people just talk and talk and talk, but they, they never do. do it. Yeah. And that's the thing. I talk about ones I'm doing, like with the running, I'm doing that. I'm aiming towards it. The distilleries and going to Scotland is something I want to do. I've gone and done that. The traveling, I will probably go and do that quite easily. And, mm-hmm. but there are other ones on there, which I'm just going to be like, keep it to myself. Once I've done it, then I'll talk about it, but keep it to myself. That's that's fair enough. Sometimes it helps to tell people so they can be like, have you done it yet? Yeah. But sometimes that can backfire, especially with me. If someone says, have you done this yet? But like, no. Have you done this yet? No. And the more they ask me, the more I will put it out of my mind. But do you, do you find with that, do you think, so this is something I've listened, it has come up quite a few times on podcasts I've listened to, is um, having an accountability partner having yeah. someone who holds you accountable for something you said you, would, you that's were going to do. Yeah, um, that, that's helpful. But um, I mean, like, when my mum nags me, okay. that's different. That's what, that's, what I admit, that's what I was going at. Yeah. So more sort of, you don't like the nagging aspect, but if someone is like... If I had to report to someone on my progress, yeah, yeah absolutely. But if someone was just checking up on me, have you done this yet? Have you done this yet? Mm-hmm. Then I would just find that annoying. But uh, yeah, so I've, I've got goals and aims this year. But yeah, sort of work, working through them, but I've ticked some off. Am I allowed to know the most outlandish, wild and ambitious one on your list? Because I think that'd be quite interesting to hear. Don't know. Don't know if it's wild or ambitious, but it's something I've been thinking about for a while. Yeah. Is that I want to either try and start learning sign language Ooh. or Spanish. It's because I struggled with languages when I was at school, mm. but I... So does it not? Mm. I think everyone does. I know it would be a really useful skill to have. Yeah. I think sign language would be a good one to try because I think I think it probably should actually be taught in schools here. Yeah. And it's not, but I think it'd, it'd be really, really useful if you're ever doing something sneaky. <laughs> just sign to somebody nearby yeah. and you don't have to talk. Yeah, they're like, what's that gibberish he's doing with his hands? <laughs> Deaf people make really good thieves, I've just realised. <laughs> so I thought that could be quite interesting because I'm quite a visual learner and I think maybe doing the... Um, having a, a visual learning medium could be quite good for myself. Yeah. But also I'm interested in learning Spanish because I think it's, it's quite a widely spoken language. Yeah. And it could be, yeah. it could be quite useful. 
It's also just a really fun language, I think. I yeah. Know. So that's one of the one of the things I've got written down on my list, which I think is probably it's probably one of the most challenging things I've written because it's not I'm not going to achieve it in a year. If even if I started Spanish now, I won't I won't be fluent in a year. Well, time. it depends. If you spend a lot of time in Spain or other Spanish speaking countries this year, then you probably could learn it in a few months. Possibly. Yeah, I could if I yeah if I, I think they say like the best way to learn a language is to go there and be immersed in the culture and the language and the um, thing. Don't think I know people who have done that <coughs> and through either their own stupidity or laziness just haven't learned anything. Yeah, because so many people speak English, they probably yeah. just find it easier. But yeah, so that's probably one of the most challenging things I've written down on the list, and have to I'll report back as to when I start and if I work towards it but I think it'll probably it's one of those goals where it's like I want to start it but I know it'll be quite the journey mm-hmm. once I do yeah read a bit more um, I've got quite a you've got ever- a, a massive list of recommendations from myself I've got a large list of recommendations from yourself and other people and then I've got uh, uh, an ever expanding to be red pile which, uh, <laughs> Yeah. This is very true. Always seems to be growing and never going down. Have you seen my one? Yeah, yours is. It's expanded onto the other desk now. Yes, yours is several stacks. Are you up for trying our oh, next sorry. whiskey? Let me finish up. <clears throat> so this is another Cavalan whiskey. Yep. Which I actually have a bottle open of already. So I've tried this one before. This is their um, port cast finish. Oh. Concept Master. Concert Master. Yes, I don't know why it's called a Concert Master. I didn't come prepared enough for uh, the background and everything. Thank you very much. It's funny because I work in events and I was beside Nova a concert just the other day. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. So that was that. That's quite funny. So yeah, again, as you uh, on the bottle, no. Um, yeah, age no stamp. age stamp. Forty percent again. Yeah. But this, so I think this is. So this is spent time finished in port casks, which is meant to, I think, impart more sort of like red fruity notes. Yeah. Which delving in on those, I think you get that more sort of red fruit, cranberry. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, the other one was sort of nice and sort of like um, vanilla-y dried fruits, and this one's a bit more brighter red fruit to it. I'm getting, I'm getting wood. Call me crazy if you want, but I'm getting some wood. Yeah, it's probably a touch of oak to it. Yeah. From the cask. And well, everything. I suppose you say that. I, I can safely say that about most whiskies then, surely. Yeah. I'm using that. Okay, everyone forget I said that. That's, the, that's my go-to. Yeah, oak. Thank you, Tom. It's like that meme <laughs> of Bart Simpson and Lisa. You're thinking, poor old Tom, always goes with oak. And I'm like, good old oak, can't beat that. <laughs> Nothing beats that. But yeah, there is that almost fruity quality to it. And those. Yeah, let's give it a try. Cheers. Thank you. It's amazing, even just though they're from the same distillery, there is definitely a difference. Yeah, between a clear those. difference, yeah. yeah. Again, it's um, feels quite flavour rich in a way. It's quite definitely, definitely fruity. Richer. Very easy drinking. Again, yep, that's really nice. It's been sort of fruity, approachable. Yeah, nice. Before we continue, the last two or even three whiskies you said was very approachable. Mm. Have you had a whiskey that wasn't very approachable? Like, I don't want to slander any distilleries or anything on our podcast, but were there any whiskies that you think this needs to be approached of course and or were harder to get into and weren't really suitable for dining with friends who are not into whiskey? So, getting into whiskey, I 
so that's the thing with so many people who, when they first try whiskey often yep. they make the mistake of trying something really peaty it's like the they, want to, they go stub, dive straight in the deep end yeah and it's the thing that was in granddad's cupboard or under the stairs at or the bottle's been opened yeah, for 20 years bottle or whatever and it's often smoky and they don't enjoy it and it kind of puts them off whiskey either for life or for a long time yeah um, so I'd say if I was to take a group of beginners I would probably introduce them to some like something like some of these like the MacMira very light very easy something light and easy approachable I wouldn't be like here try this Isla whiskey it's going to taste like a bonfire my beloved smokeheads <laughs> but I would take probably take them on a journey I'd start them with a few sort of like lighter ex-bourbon casks yeah. like vanilla notes and then maybe something like a sherry cask for the dried fruit I suppose then, all the additional flavours and effects of a very peaty whiskey like that yeah. will be lost on someone who's not even used to yeah. the more basic so flavors. I'd kind of build them up to it and then I would bring them on to like a smoky whiskey so here's something different it's this peated whiskey it's smoky it's, it, it's, it tastes like course, a barbecue yeah of course it's not for everyone I wasn't a huge fan of peated whiskies when I started and uh, yeah I, they, I remember I remember yeah, they aren't one of my go-tos but I have sort of built up an appreciation for them and if I'm yeah. in the right mood I do have peated whiskies I will go to and I have some in my collection what are your peated whiskies that you go to so I really like Kalila yes that's a very nice I really like them because they're sort of like a good mid-level of smokiness and I really like the 12 year old because the best way I describe it is it's like a bonfire on a beach because ah. it's got that really... how do you taste a beach oh because it's, it's all <laughs> I'm taking the piss it's like, <laughs> like the smoke it's like that bonfire smoke but also as if you're there it's like the slight brininess salinity to it oh. you're there as if you're there drinking this at the beach at the beach and you can taste the sea salt in the air that's really yeah. cool that's a really good way of describing it so that, I like that one um, I quite like uh, Isle of Resse theirs is very sort of like lightly peated oh. whiskey which I tried um, at Milroy's in Soho for this was I think last year and it was uh, it quite, they're quite a young distillery quite like Nittany they're, they're very young but I'd heard about them their bottle is stunning as well um, <laughs> that helps I find yeah. it's a really pretty bottle we're like oh yeah. I'm going to like this it was really nice because on the nose it was quite at least the one I tried um, quite smoky like nice oh yeah definitely pick up the smoke but when I tried tried it it was like this really nice combination of smoke and red fruit, which mm. was really delicious. I quite like uh, Kilhoman, which I think I've bought you. I think I bought you like a little one of their miniatures for your birthday a yes. few years ago. And I quite like them because they're family run, family owned. They do like, again, cool. nice mid-level smoky. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm more, I prefer smoky to sort of peaty. Yeah. Um, to sort of like art bags and stuff like I haven't tried loads of them I, 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 they're nice but they're not my all oh, this it will be a go to for me mm-hmm. um, Lefroig I'm a bit mixed on because they're very sort of a medicinal smokiness which I'm not as keen on medicinal smokiness yeah sort of because it's they use peat from Isla which is um, yeah, a bit yeah you get the more sort of medicinal quality whereas the stuff I think from the highlands is a bit more like wood smoky oh I see what you mean um, and Oh, Bowmore, I really enjoy them because, uh, of course, they use. Uh, I'm a big. I like sherry cast. They use quite a bit of sherry cast. They so get that really nice mix of smoke and fruit and everything. So I really know what that is. But it was interesting. I was at a tasting um, where they were, we got to try a range of Bowmores. So many people were like, oh, the older whiskeys are better. Yeah. I think I tried the 15, the 18, and the 25 together. 
And I know where the story's going. I, I actually ended up preferring the 18-year-old to the 25. To the 25. And it's like, it's yeah, it's interesting that just because it's old, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to enjoy it or it's going to be better. What was that 25-year-old bottle we had? Glen Farkas. Glen Farkas. Yes. No, that's good. That no, I really enjoyed nice. that. So that's my um, my plan with that is to have a dram from it every year on my birthday. Yeah. And, and see if I can make it last till I'm 50. And at 50, you get a 50-year-old bottle. Oof, I don't think I'll be able to afford that <laughs> unless I'm very fortunate. Yeah, so there are smoky whiskies that I do I do enjoy. Um, I have grown to appreciate them more, but they're not my immediate jump to put them off the shelf I think I enjoy I think it's also seasonality sort of like with winter in front of the fire I quite like a smoky whiskey yeah whereas in the summer it's more warming isn't it yeah whereas sort of like the summer I prefer something maybe like a bit more fruity or um, lighter and maybe stuff I can use in cocktails as well yeah Um, so yeah it's also the mood and what I have what was the other bit of your question Are are there whiskies that I haven't haven't liked or haven't Enjoyed, and that was it, wasn't it? Was that? Um, what, what was my question? I think um, it was like ones you haven't gelled with, or uh, was it what ones would you not recommend for beginners, kind of thing? Yeah. So yeah, I think I've sort of covered that. I wouldn't if I've got a beginner, I wouldn't throw them in with um with a PT one with a PT one. Um, yeah, I'd probably pick something nice. Well, interesting. That's how I started. Yeah. Well, no, you you were more. You sort of tried some Irish whiskies first. Well, I tried. Um, got you got, sort of got you in with Irish whiskies, particularly like did, James, James and Tullamore. But, but before I tried those, I tried like a villain. Mm. So I tried one some. One of your personal favourites. It is one of my personal favourites. I so I first my first ever whiskey I tried was Jack Daniels, and I'm sure you can imagine why I wasn't thrilled drinking Jack Daniels neat. And then I tried like a villain, and I and that's what set me on this path. But I suppose it wasn't the fact that it was smoky or peaty that I liked. It was just the way the flavour changed as it passed through my mouth. Different uh, stages of completely different flavours, and that's what I really liked. Yeah, you were able to pick out those different characteristics, and it was different yeah. to what you'd tried before, and it was something you enjoyed more. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was like as an experience. Yeah. So I suppose if you have to try a smoky one first, try an expensive one. <laughs> but you said about anything, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, so no, try a really cheap shit one first. No offence, Jack Daniels. And then try an expensive one. And you'll be like, oh. You say, they're, they're, Jack Daniels, are there any whiskies that you've tried that you're like, not sure if I'd go back to that? Or uh, you're not sure if that's your favourite? Jack Daniels I'd be fine with. With I a mixer. I honestly can't remember the last time I've had just straight yeah, Jack Daniels. I haven't had it for years. No. Um, so I, I wouldn't have it straight. I wouldn't bother. Um, Bell's. I had a um, someone offered me some bells. The bottle had been open for about fifteen years. Mm. I didn't have a polite way of saying no. <laughs> it was like drinking drain cleaner. I'm not trying to say anything wrong with bells, but I, I it had been open for waiting. I was going to say, I imagine the ABV had probably dropped quite considerably on that. Yes, yes, it had. Uh, it's put me off bells. I must admit. Yeah, I can't say that others that I have really disliked. Mm. Like every every whiskey you've ever offered me, I've liked some more than others, but I've never said this I is gross. This again. Yeah, I've never said I would I'd get this away from me. Yeah, no, I'm. Yeah, there, there's there are whiskies I've tried where I was like I would not rush to purchase. Or well, there there are some whiskies I've like I wouldn't rush to buy one again, but I'd have it if enough. But there are a few where I've tried them. I'm like I 
I don't I don't think I'd bother having this again. Oh, I can think of one. I can think of one. What would that be? My infinity bottle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a, that was a interesting experiment. It uh it it smelled quite nice it actually, did, didn't to it? give it fair. Smell. But then as soon as I tried it, I was like this is mostly Johnny Walker, and uh, <laughs> well, that's fair. That's not, what not, that's that, true. not that as a bad thing, but I was like, I can just, yeah, just I can, buy a bottle of Johnny Walker. Yeah, I was like, I can. It was weird and interesting, <laughs> but it wasn't one. I'm going to get a load of whiskies and combine them after I've thrown the bottles, mm-hmm. um, and and I've actually put thought into it rather than just throwing whatever I happen to have left over. Yeah. I'll actually put some thought into it and see if I can make yeah. one you actually like. I think uh, that can be my goal this year. One thing I've heard with Infinity Bottles is maybe just stick to one distillery. and um, You just criticised me for having too much Johnny Walker in there. No, but that's the thing. You had thrown loads of different random things yes, in Yes, I had. It's basically whatever you had dregs of. But um listened to a podcast where they were talking about Infinity Bottles and one of my guys had said he'd stuck with just... I think it was Klein Leash. He'd just stuck with putting um, Klein Leash in it and he said... It, it came out fantastic and he shared it with other people and they really enjoyed it. And I think it's like sticking with that one specific whiskey distillery characteristic is possibly a good thing. So like you could do Deanston, for example, and just stick with Deanston. Um, you could make a lot of money if I then sold that with Deanston's permission. <laughs> I don't think you could sell it. No, but, I probably uh, couldn't. But yeah. but yeah, that would be very nice, I suppose. Mm-hmm. What would you do? What's that rare one that you really like? That rare Deanston. What would you do if I used loads of it for my infinity <laughs> bottle? Just to see the tears on your face. Mm. Not the um. Oh, the one I gave you the little sample. Yeah. One. Yeah, which you've still got. You're waiting. Got Save, wait. Saving for a special occasion. Yep. Yeah. Right, that's when I visited the distillery a few years ago. Yeah, because I think it was one they said they weren't, they didn't have any more of, and they weren't going to do again. So yeah, I got, I've, I've got a little sample sitting at home as well, which I haven't tried. No. Yeah, I'm trying to think whiskies that I've tried and haven't enjoyed. We're very positive on this podcast, I think. Yeah. People should pay us to review their, their pays yeah. us. To I think that's the thing we enjoy whiskey, and it's kind of hard to say. Yeah, things I like suppose. Something. But there are. I have had whiskies that I've tried them. I'm like, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bother with that again. And I probably wouldn't. I'd tell other people. I think Sexton was one I wasn't oh. overly keen on. I got given it as a bottle several Christmases ago now. It was okay. It was fine. I got. I eventually finished the bottle, but I wasn't. It wasn't one I was like reaching for, and I. I think I kind of just tried to share out as much of it as I could because I wasn't enjoying it. Mm-hmm. There's a bottle I've got open at the moment actually, which is is really quite interesting. So it's Kilkerran mm-hmm. Twelve, which is a bottle people absolutely love and rave about because it's from the sister distillery of Springbank which I've mentioned on the podcast before yes, which people absolutely love and rave about and are constantly hunting trying to hunt down I managed to get a bottle of Kill Karen 12 and I'd heard good things said about it and um, I eventually I think I opened it over Christmas actually because um, I I had it and I had lots of other stuff open at the time so I'd held off opening it opened it so all kind of enjoying it at the start and then I came back to it and I was like this is this is alright but I'm not seeing the hype. The hype behind it, and um, it's it's a funny one because I've now had it open a few few months. About got about half a bottle left. And I think I've poured some samples for people as well, and I was kind of very middling on it and chatting to 
someone in the whiskey industry and they say, oh, with a bottle, if you got it open, you're not enjoying it, or maybe or yeah, you are enjoying it, but maybe leave it for a while and then come back to it. Mm-hmm. And it will, because reacting with the oxygen, it will change up a bit. Yeah. Come back to it and see what it's like, and you might enjoy it more. Okay, that's fair enough. So I think I actually had some the other day. I did enjoy it a little bit more. I was like, okay, I think if maybe a bit more time in the bottle, leaving it for a bit longer, this will maybe develop. But even so, I'm not like, oh, yeah, this bottle. I'm not like, I'm not reaching for it. And I'm not. So when you first tried it, when you first opened the bottle, you quite liked it. I think I think I enjoyed it. I wasn't like absolutely blown away by it like I have been with some other bottles I've opened. I'm like, oh, this is great. This is amazing. This is. Well, get to that in a second. I want to ask you what those bottles were. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. It's kind of one I'm kind of it's tucked it to the side on my shelf at the moment. Interesting. I, I've got a theory now. So you liked it most when you first opened the bottle, and this person in the whiskey industry you're talking about said, "Oh, it's going to change as it's opened by by oxidate, oxidizing. You might find that you like it more." Well, what if when you went back to it after a few months, you didn't think it was that good? And the opposite has happened. What if it's oxidized and you don't like the way it's changed? But I think that's the thing. I think the most recent time when I tried it, just literally just the other day, it changed back. I think it was actually the the time I've enjoyed the most. I'm like, okay, I'm picking out a bit more here. That's so wild. Yeah. So that's the thing. I'm going to leave it for a bit longer and then go back to it. Again. I guarantee you won't like it. It's going to be like a seesaw of whiskey. Yeah. But it, again, it's funny. It's like one of those ones that I'd heard a lot of hype about, excited to try, and it's just one I haven't clicked with. Yeah, I think there have been. And it, I think it's also, as I've gone on this whiskey journey, there are whiskies I've enjoyed before and I've gone back to and I'm like, okay, I don't actually enjoy this one quite as much as I remember or this isn't quite as good or I think my palate's just changed and, yeah, I've been exposed to more. So there are things I enjoyed at the start, whereas now I've tried different or more interesting stuff and it's like, this is, oh, that was nice then. I don't enjoy it quite as much now because I've tried all these other cool things. It's just a fun it's an interesting aspect of the whiskey so what were those bottles that you said were like made you go oh my god well the, I think um let's say three three ooh okay um oh, I'll say the Glen Farkas 25 because I think that was just quite special because I bought it for 25th it was a special occasion it's a nice bottle so that's kind of expensive. like a, a cheap one because it's, it's yeah, nice okay. it's fun it's interesting two no, we'll go with three. One that, as soon as you tasted it, you were like, oh, this is an absolute smoke. Glen Scotia Campbelltown Festival Limited Edition 2022 bottling, the eight-year-old PX cask. That's Peated. a long name. That's, that's a long name. I, I, I really... Campbelltown Harbour 2022 Festival Edition something, 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 Glen, Peter. Glen Scotia. Um, so, oh, yeah, they're, they're, they're special festival bottling from last year. Eight-year-old... A peated PX cast really enjoyed it because it it smells like smoky treacle and it tastes great it's cast strength I'm the thing is I can't I can't I as much as I would like to go through a bottle really quickly I've got a bottle open there's only it's, so it's, much of it's it, limited edition yeah, so I'm like yeah. I'm drinking it quite sparingly but every time I have it I'm like oh this is so good <laughs> this is so enjoyable I'm really really enjoying this um so that's great um what else Ooh. Uh, I was very fortunate to try. I think it was like I think it was a thirty-year-old red breast. Oh, I, I got the like tiniest little sip, <laughs> but it was like, oh, that's good. I was like, 
is good. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. Um, How much is that bottle worth, do you know? I think I looked it up afterwards and it was like several grand. Oh, fuck or me. Something like that. So I was very lucky to, yeah. get to try it. Um, so that was that was really cool that was amazing I like um, how though they, they've actually made it worth drinking like it, uh, lots of forks lots of people will spend that much money on, on whiskey as an investment without intending to drink it mm. but obviously Redbreast have been thinking well what if someone thinks I spend that money I want to at least try it so they've actually made it worthwhile for trying it mm. I'm trying to think what my last one would be I think um, uh, I wouldn't be it was like oh my goodness wow this is amazing but it's like one where I was like for the whiskey that tastes this good and is at this price point, and I would probably put as a mainstay on my shelf, it would probably be Aaron 10, Ooh. which is a really nice, very sort of, very vanilla citrusy. Mm-hmm. And it's um, around for the £40 margin, which is a good value for a you know, 10-year-old whiskey. And um, it's just really freaking nice liquid. And... Yeah, it's one I was like... Really I, nice liquid. Really nice, really <laughs> that nice liquid. That should be the tagline for our podcast. Fans of really nice liquid. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, so those are ones which I've really enjoyed. Or had like that wow factor. I'll be like, this is just good. Because, yeah, I've... Yeah. Thing, I've, I've, tried, I've tried so much, so much whiskey in the past year that it's like hard to pin down... <laughs> which ones are like both in doing the podcast in my just in my free time spare time and then through work it's like god damn I've, tr- I've tried a lot of whiskey <laughs> god damn <laughs> I've tried a lot of good stuff some alright stuff but most of it good and uh, yeah actually here's, here's an interesting thing okay uh, so this ties into books um, recently so okay um I so at the start of the year I decided to reread um, Marcus Aurelius's uh, Meditations, so Stoic philosophy. Yeah, and that's very much my gig. I find it interesting. And yeah, but it's some what are the key tenets of Stoic philosophy again. It's so it's kind of um, simplified for me. Please. Simplified. Memento mori. Uh, remember that you will die. Um, God, that's cheery. Yeah. Um, sort of re. Uh, Trying to like con- control of control of your emotions in a way, like realizing that um, people will be annoying and irritating and everything, but not to let that get to you. Um, okay, I think there's I know, I know a lot of people, myself included, who can probably want to listen to that one quite a bit. Yeah. Um, also realizing that um, not everything is in our control and accepting accepting what is in our control and doing... What you can and can't do. What you can yeah, and can't realising what you can and can't do, what you can and can't change. And not focusing on that, not getting upset yeah, not by getting that. Obsessed, uh, obsessed by the things that you have no control over. Being busy with work and everything, I, I find Stoic philosophy interesting and I try and apply certain principles to my own life. But I kind of found in the past year, being busy and distracted by work, there are time... Uh, uh, another thing is like um, not to hear yourself complaining or... Um, stuff like that and it's just hard isn't it yeah going through life you although you'd like to be this better person or there's someone who can uh, just constantly follow these teachings at all times 
it is hard when you've done like a 10 hour shift and you're going backwards and forwards over long distances as well and you just get home and you're just like I want to moan about that because it does make you feel better but that's the thing and that's why it's a practice it's something you have to practice every day mm. and improve upon but I realised I hadn't um, been focusing like I was complaining a bit about certain aspects of my job and mm-hmm. but I was realising I was realising I was doing it's like okay I'm going to go back to a bit of Stoic philosophy and the interesting thing about the book of uh, meditations that I have is yep. each like ver- uh, verse is um, numbered Yeah. and when I'd read it before I'd written down the ones that stuck uh, struck a particular chord with myself yes and so going back to it I did the exact same thing this time mm-hmm. and it was interesting some of them were the same some of them were different there were ones that I hadn't included this time that I had last time and there were new ones from this time that hadn't been in the previous time I'd read it well you've grown and developed as a person it's been yeah. what two then, years yeah two years since I'd last read it so I was like okay now's a good time to go back and I think this is it is a book that I will probably go back to again maybe in a year's time two years time is probably is a book I will probably continue to read multiple times throughout my lifetime because it's it's not too long it's the principles are good it's interesting and just something I enjoy but yeah it was interesting going back and reading it but one of the it was kind of very fortuitous time that I'd read it yes because something that came up in my own life you met Marcus Aurelius no he's been dead far too long <laughs> two thousand um, years or so yeah um was that I came up with a situation in work where I was unfortunately passed over for a promotion, mm-hmm. and um, it I was I was quite annoyed by it. Um, yeah, and, yeah, understandable. Um, the situation wasn't particularly well handled by the company and the management. I didn't think. I think there there should have at least been a because I was I knew I wasn't the only one who felt this way and was frustrated by having been passed up because there were other people who would have liked the opportunity to have applied for this promotion, myself included, as well as other people. So I knew it wasn't just me. Yeah. But the good thing was, having read, I was reading Marcus Reyes at the time and it came up to that verse where it was like, realise what you can and can't control and focus on what you can control and don't be upset by what you can't control. So then I kind of sat down and thought about what I could and couldn't control in the situation. I couldn't control that they hadn't um, offered us the chance to apply for this role, even though I thought it was wrong. Yeah. But what I could do was I could go to the higher, I could go to the management and say, look, can we have a frank conversation? I think this wasn't right and explain the situation to them, which is what I did. Of course, at work, there were some changes going on. I got a chance to sit down with management. They explained some of the situations that were changing at work to me. Yeah. Asked if I had anything to add. And I said, look, I'd really like to discuss this thing with the promotion. So I don't think it was right that um, no option was given for us to at least have applied for the promotion. I said, I don't, I, I would have liked to apply. I didn't, I wasn't, I I realised in myself that I wouldn't have been upset if I hadn't got the promotion. Mm -hmm. I I would have just appreciated the opportunity. Because in all honesty, I don't think I was quite in the position where I might have got the promotion. But I I felt like I wanted to go for it because I wanted that responsibility. I wanted that growth in my role. It was a good experience and it's so unwilling. Yeah. So I had this frank conversation with management. They explained the situation from their side. I explained that... 
I didn't think the way they handled it was the best. And I said it would have been good that they should have offered the chance for people to apply because I would have liked to apply and I knew a couple of other people who wanted to apply, but they completely sidestepped that and just gone straight with it. But of course, with them explaining their side, it helped me understand it better. And I was like, okay, I didn't know that side. I understand that and I accept that better. But the good thing was that I'd understood what I could control in that situation. I couldn't control that they had promoted someone else without having gone to any of the rest of us. But what I could control was that I could go to the management and I could have that frank discussion with them. And coming out of that discussion, I felt better because it kind of felt like a little bit of weight had been lifted. So I think if I hadn't done that, I would have kind of let it fester. Like, well, why didn't they, why did they do that? Why didn't they give us the chance to apply for this? And so that was a nice thing. I was I was taking what I had read. I was taking, taking a, some control back. I was taking some control back. I was I was looking at what I could control, and I was implementing what I could do in the area that I could control. And I wasn't getting too worried about what I couldn't control. That's a lot of saying control a lot. <laughs> um, control. But I think control. if I hadn't been, maybe if I hadn't read the book at that time and gone over that phrase again I might not have remembered to have done that yeah and so I think it was it was good that I happened to read reread the book and sort of refresh refresh myself on that and yeah like I said I was as we often do with work we complain a lot on everything and I've just it's a natural it's a very it's a natural thing for us to do to complain and get it off our chest but also I've kept it in mind a bit more so when I find myself starting to complain or everything I catch myself and I'm like no mm-hmm. no you, you stop there stop there so yeah that was quite interesting how stuff from books had, I'd then translated to real life it's very interesting right shall we give this yes last one a little final whiskey a go so Paul John PX cask PX cask so Pedro Jimenez cask, cask. uh Trying to see if it a is. Pedro cask. Pedro, yeah, this is the Pedro month. <laughs> really is Pedro Jimenez. Oh, this is the most punchy one yet. This is forty-eight percent. Right, Ooh. so Paul John. Oh, this is strong. So this is a um, Indian whiskey, and mm. sort of similar to, I believe, Taiwanese whiskeys. They don't carry age statements because of higher um, higher temperatures. So. Higher and quicker evaporation. Oh, this is another thing. With the um, higher temperatures and quicker evaporation, it actually often raises the alcohol volume. Oh, uh, so yeah. I was a, just thinking that, actually. So there are a number of um, like, uh, Indian whiskies I've seen out there, which uh, they're like cask strength. They're like 50% and up. But Fucking hell. Because they're... Um, um, yeah, because of the this accelerated aging by the higher temperature but it also increases the alcohol content I've just had a thought so you know there's that myth you were talking about um, if you go to the top of the warehouse you'll get drunk just from the fumes yeah do you think that they could collect those fumes like an air balloon or something and then sell well like condense them (laughs) well not condense them we'll just sell um, alcoholic gas (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. I don't think so. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not, not. I don't, I don't th- we mean like helium balloons. <laughs> helium but, balloons, but, but they make you drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But, um... Yeah. Really so bad for you. So, 
yeah, I've I've tried Indian whiskies before, but I've never actually tried anything from Paul John. Um, so yeah, forty eight percent XPX cast so sherry, and that's a very sweet sherry. Mm, I'm definitely getting the sherry. Yeah, definitely. This uh, we've had like a um, upward scale of strong smells today. Mm. I think that's kind of how I designed them, or how I designed them. <laughs> Not necessarily designed them, but I thought we'd end with this one because it'd be sort of quite intense and sherry whereas I thought if we did this one then went to something like the Mira it wouldn't they're probably not the best order to try them in but yeah very sort of like that sticky Pedro Jimenez sherry um, dried fruit raisin yeah yeah all that type of stuff stuff I love I love I mean I, li- I like sherry anyway but uh, I love you are a sherry. big sherry fan I like sherry. sherry is to you what like peaty smokiness is to me. I think so. Yeah. I, I, I well, like the, the, all the sherry stuff you've been um, generously giving me has as, as, um, built up an appetite for it. So mm. to say. Good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Good, Anakin. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of convertible to the sherry ways. I've just had this image of like this barrel of peaty whiskey, and it's me with two lightsabers <laughs> are over it, and you go, "Do it, do it, cast it away." <laughs> Task it away! Hey. <laughs> All right, let's give this a try, and then I think we'll wrap up. Cheers. That's pretty good. It's definitely sherry gask. I'm getting some nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah, sort of nutty, dried fruit, sticky, almost like a sticky yeah fruit cake or something. Yeah. It goes down really easily though. It's very. Well, smooth yeah it's very easy drinking very sort of like yeah that sticky nutty fruity quality very yeah it's tasty I really enjoy that again I can I can imagine drinking this in like a nice hot mm. place yeah. yeah although I kind of want something cool and refreshing as well <laughs> although stick this in a cocktail I think that yeah really actually nice. it would do really well like a um, or put it with like some ginger ale and a nice glass yeah. and wedge of lemon that so, would be nice. Be good. That would be nice. Go on then. What's your favourite of the four we've tried this evening? It's a to- it's a toss up between this one and the um, concert master, the port one. Yeah. Interesting, because I was going to say the first one actually. You what the um, the, the first, sorry, one? The, no, sorry, the first um, Cavalan. Oh, I think I actually, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I did, it was I did very enjoy good the as well. concert master. That was nice. Um, I really haven't tried enough port cask whiskies. I really should try more. Um, I did enjoy the McMira. I think that would be a very nice, good, approachable whiskey. I would happily drink it again. If you're doing like a tasting evening or like a, if you're just going to go through several whiskies, it's a good one to start. Yeah. Or if you need to maybe make it like a palate cleanser. Yeah, I think that would be good. But, um, yes, I think. Oh, and this one as well. I because it's good sherry cask. It's sticky, sweet dried fruit nutty yeah kind of all the stuff I like from a good sherry cask and yeah that's nice yeah I'd, I'd say Cavalan Distillers um, select number one I'd probably put the Port Cask and the Paul John together in joint second and the McMira third yeah yeah that'd be my choice but uh, yeah it's been good I enjoyed enjoyed a nice sort of 
Relaxed discussion. Relaxed discussion, which I think has worked really well and has been quite fun and enjoyable. Yes, I as well as trying some really interesting, new and different whiskies. New and different whiskies. So yeah, we'll have to um, slightly different episode structure and um, completely different whiskies that are from completely different places in the world. Yeah, so lots of new stuff trying out. Well, cheers, Tom. Cheers, Henry. We'll see you guys next time. Whiskey.